Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, good morning. Hey, how are you doing today, Eric? Fantastic. At least that's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sunny. You know, it's sun and yeah. warm, so life is good. Yeah, all the snow is gone. It's all melted, which is great. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, the, the sun is a welcome, welcome presence in my life right now. I think everybody's looking forward to 2021 and sunshine and warm weather and no more COVID and all that good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And to kick this off, this great sunny day, you have a guest on the show, and that is Justin, correct? Yes, Justin McCurdy. He's a key part of our team at Hightower Great Lakes, and I thought I would introduce everyone to Justin today. Fantastic. Here's the thing, uh, audience, before we started recording, Justin fit right in, made fun of me right off the bat, which is great, has a great sense of humor, and uh, him and Tim were kind of riffing on me, so I'm just going to sit back and let them do this show. I'm, I'm out. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, we've mentioned in the past on the podcast that uh, we think we have a pretty unique value promise to our clients and that one of the the promises we make is the, I think, a fairly unique wealth management formula. We have investment processes, um, but we also focus a lot on advanced planning, wealth transfer, you know, asset protection, charitable giving, wealth enhancement. But um, where I think we really add value also is in our, what we call our relationship management. Relationship management is two parts. One is, you know, how we work with your other advisors. So we want to make sure we're collaborating as a team with your CPA, attorney, trust officer, whoever, you know, you have on your team. But then also the other part is, second part is how you interact with us um, at Hightower Great Lakes. And, you know, relationship management or, or focusing on a team is critical. Um, it's a critical part of the value promise that we make to our clients because there's just so many different things that we do and so many different skills that are required, whether it's communications, operations, compliance. You know, we do a lot of uh, accounting. Uh, we focus a lot on technology or leverage technology. And so we really need a, a diverse set of skill sets, communication skills. Um, and so we've tried to build our team um, to that effect. Plus, Eric, we've talked about it. You know, I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm not over the hill, right? But um, at least I'm, I'm telling myself that. But, you know, I'm 59 and hope to work for a lot longer. But we also need to bring on our kind of a next generation uh, yeah. technology embracing, you know, communication focused uh, team members. And that's what Justin is. So I wanted to bring Justin on to introduce him as a part of our key part of our team. Um, so that's what I thought I'd do today. Great. Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Glad to be here. So, Justin, I guess um, let's start, if you don't mind, just by talking about uh, where are you from? You know, where, where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, moved right before high school, you know, only moved 10, 15 minutes, so mm -hmm. not much of a difference there. Um, and then went to school at Notre Dame and graduated in 2018 with my bachelor's in management consulting and economics. Okay, and I know um, I, in talking to you when I was first, you know, before you joined us and um, you had a 
pretty active interest. You're pretty active in your school, both at the high school level, uh, focused on a lot of nonprofit work you did, which was pretty unique, I think. And also you kind of took that focus on nonprofit work um, to Notre Dame. So talk a little bit about like the primary charity that you focused on in um, when you were in high school. Yeah, so in high school, it was the American Cancer Society. Our high school district had the largest Relay for Life program across the country for high schools, and so really got involved with that and was able to join some national leadership teams and take that further and kind of carried that a bit into college as well. And so um, really a lot of great opportunities to work with other people, collaborate, and really see what fundraising and charities are all about. Yeah, and so my my son Kevin is a cancer survivor, and so we were always active in Relay for Life and American Cancer Society. So that was one of the things that intrigued me when I first you know, you get resumes and you look at people's qualifications and you got to look beyond the skill sets. And I, I was just uh, very impressed with all the things you did, extracurricular activities you did, basically giving, you know, giving your time and resources to others. So, um, and I know you also had another major project you were involved in at Notre Dame. And I don't know if people who, I, I get lucky enough to go to a one game a year of good friends who are Notre Dame grads and they usually, you know, towards the end of the season when it's really cold and rainy, uh, they invite us to go to the last game, and um, they always have these shirt programs. So t- talk a little bit about that when you were at Notre Dame, that extracurricular activity you were involved there in. Yeah, so I had the privilege of working with the shirt committee for four years, and um, really the shirt's focus and the mission is to give back to the student body, to support student programs, to enable students from lower socioeconomic status to be able to experience in full everything that Notre Dame has to offer from dorm dances and other events, retreats, etc. And so I kind of just stumbled upon that freshman year, applied to this committee, didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, And lo and behold, they said, hey, we want you to join our committee. That was freshman year. And then sophomore year became the vice president and then junior year had the privilege of being the president of the organization and really being able to lead that organization and the premise of the project is that we create a shirt annually for the football season and it started way back in the 90s Um, this year i think is the 33rd year if i'm counting correctly Um, and so it's creating designing marketing a t-shirt that everybody wears for the football games and it's the single largest selling piece of collegiate apparel selling 150,000 plus units a year. So my freshman year, the one we sold came very, very close to being the record. Um, But we haven't been able to beat that one yet. So had a lot of great opportunities and experiences there to get experience on the business side and exposure to the business side of kind of a nonprofit Um, and really grew a lot of leadership skills there as well. Having to work with other students having to recruit and choose new members for a committee. So all around was a, you know, good experience um, and really learned a lot through that opportunity. Awesome. And so I I met you actually as you were getting into Notre Dame. And for people who don't know, Valparaiso, Indiana is in, at the base of Lake Michigan, right between South Bend and Chicago. And, you know, we're always trying to attract and keep and uh, great people to come here because uh, oftentimes they graduate and they move to Chicago or Indianapolis or New York, et cetera. So I kind of kept my net out for four years. Hopefully I could catch Justin. And I think we really got lucky um, that he stuck around in the area. You know, you mentioned you had a, a business degree. So talk a little bit, if you could, about um, how some of the education you got at Notre Dame, not just even business, but writing and communications maybe have, has helped have helped you 
here as an advisor um, at Hightower Great Lakes? Yeah, I would say kind of the underlying theme of all of that curriculum, especially on the business school side of things, was problem solving at the heart of it. And that's what I find that I'm doing here on a regular day-to-day basis. It's problem solving for clients, whether that's they come to us with a new challenge and saying, hey, here's the situation. Here's what I'm trying to do. Can I do this? How do I do this? Or whether it's kind of on the back end, behind the scenes, operationally, working with our custodians to solve problems and to avoid um, you know, having to bother the clients for signatures again or for updates. And so I find that every day there's new problems that arise and still after almost three years, there's always new things that come up, always something new to learn um, on the job here. Um, so it's never a dull day and always new problems that need solved. And, you know, we're, we're recording this uh, the f- March 11th, so the first or second week of March, and it's so we're now about a, almost a year uh, from when COVID first started. So, you know, maybe are there things that you're doing now, um, strategies that we're implementing for customers, clients right now, that maybe we weren't doing pre-COVID and that you, you think we're really um, using going forward in order to really communicate, connect with, and plan for our clients? Yeah, I think the idea and concept and normalization of doing video conference was something that our office, our industry hadn't really seen. We were doing a little bit of it with some more remote um, clients across the country, but I think we really saw a lot of adoption and desire for that from clients even locally. And what it does is it allows us to build a stronger relationship with those clients who aren't local because we can see them face to face. We can see their reactions. We can have that dialogue back and forth versus just over a phone call. Um, It also allows us to do that with clients locally who don't feel comfortable coming into the office quite yet for various reasons. And it adds to a lot of efficiency on our end instead of having to do a lot of setup in our office for meetings, printing of things. We're still preparing the same way, but we're just doing it and presenting it virtually. And then two, it saves the clients the time of driving into our office for sometimes what's only a 15, 20 minute meeting. Um, And I would say the other technology really is the electronic signature that we've been able to adopt. And our partners in the industry have really moved to allow that and accept that, which makes things much more streamlined and efficient on our end of processing. But also for the client, it's much simpler instead of coming in and signing their name 10, 15 times sometimes, um, they can just do it electronically and click to sign all of those spots. And so it really makes it an easier experience on them as well. Yeah, I know one of the things that um, keeps me up at night, keeps all of us up at night, is security, is confidentiality, privacy. A week or a month doesn't go by where we have one or two clients reach out to say that they somehow have been hacked or, you know, we've had in the past a number of clients who've had uh, tax returns filed fraudulently, fraudulently. So we're always just really focused on security. And one of the things I've been most impressed with, there's a lot of them, but um, in terms of some of the things you've done with us and helped our clients is that, like you just said, the DocuSign, uh, because there's just, there's understandable fear on behalf of our clients about electronic signatures, about sending emails, about confidential data, you know, so maybe just talk about how we try to alleviate or, or give confidence to people that, you know, we are secure and that we are focusing on that as a way to protect them. Yeah, so it comes down to, you know, kind of twofold. We have a whole team that we work with at Hightower that's focused on the security 
aspect and security of our networks. And then they're also doing a lot to vet and to test the vendors that we're partnering with to really make sure that the vendors are keeping up with security and at the leading edge of that. And kind of specifically with DocuSign, one of the big things we use is the text message authentication. So the client will get an email, they'll click a link, but then immediately it asks them for a text code. So if their email was compromised, there's still that second layer of security of needing that text message code, um, which really adds the security level to it for clients, peace of mind uh, on that sense. Yeah, and I know we can both attest that boy, people, a lot of people really hated that initially, right? You know, it's just such a pain. And if we could avoid it, we certainly would. But it keeps people safe, keeps people's data safe. And, you know, additional layers of work on their part, our part, but it's just the nature of the world, you know? Yes, definitely. It's kind of an inconvenience, but at the end of the day, it's keeping everybody safe and it's still a little bit easier than having to sign 15 forms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you've been here a while now. Um, and I know we just talked about a continuing education. So one of the things that, you know, we always want to do here at High Tower Great Lakes just to keep up because life, the rules, the regulations, everything changes so quickly is to focus on continuing our education, our certification. Um, so talk about a program you just started recently. Yeah. So I just started my CFP education program through Dalton, who's a nationally recognized education provider for the Certified Financial Planner designation. Um, so I just started my second segment of that course this week. So moving from insurance into investments this week and really the drive behind that was to better myself for the clients and to go out and to learn a lot more so that I can better plan for and work with our clients and implement new strategies and have more background and knowledge behind me to really be providing recommendations and from a fiduciary aspect, recommendations that are in the best interest of our clients. And I know, um, so I did it a long time ago when the program was new, but you know, Samantha is just finishing it up also. And I know when she started it, she was driving into DePaul University in Chicago once a day, once a week or is that, I mean, it sounds like you're going completely remote. Yes. So I chose a completely remote program. I wanted to kind of do it remotely because at this point, DePaul, the closest one is all online. So there's no benefit in my eyes of signing up for that one. And then the other part I liked about the Dalton program was it's kind of an accelerated program in comparison. And so it's very intense uh, class twice a week, reading three, four chapters of material a week um, with the goal of finishing up the education portion in August and then being able to sit for the November exam. Awesome. And I know that you know, we've talked a lot about this as, you know, a key part of your career path. So maybe briefly just talk about what you did when you first joined, where you're at right now in terms of your job description, your your, your functions, and then where you plan to, keep, to be going forward. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, Tim talked earlier about how he got me here to Valparaiso, Indiana. <laughs> um, and really it was, he was having conversations with me and he's basically said, hey, I have this idea. I want to take these three high tower offices and these other advisors and partners that I know and merge them into one. And we need help to do that. So that's really the the hook that got me and was my main focus for a while when I first started was first getting up to speed on all the systems and all the operations and processes, but then really diving into helping coordinate um, with high tower on some of the merger aspects and help to merge these three teams into one. And then from there have continued on the operations path and then shifting over into meeting with clients 
and now meeting and advising clients and longer term looking, you know, with getting the certified financial planner designation down the road, hopefully to going out and building a niche to be able to serve clients long term. Yeah, I know one of the things I think we you probably don't remember we talked about it when before you joined and you know, I think about it a lot is that oftentimes people get into this industry and then they don't realize how emotional this business really is because it's people's people's money, you know, it's people's ability to go to school, get their education, retire, um, achieve their goals, provide for their family. Um, you know, one of the things I think that are unique, it's a unique skill set, and I think you're finding it in yourself now is that you've got the technical ability, which a lot of people have, but you also have a lot of empathy um, and you have great communication skills because a lot of empathy is really needed, right, for this business. I don't know, you've probably realized that you didn't, maybe didn't realize it walking in, but now that you've been here for a while. Yeah, that's definitely true. Walking in, I wouldn't have realized how much emotional and empathy kind of knowledge is. Um, but definitely, especially this year with COVID and everything related to that with the markets, um, it's been an important part of it to be able to be there emotionally and to empathize with clients and to sit in their shoes and understand how they're perceiving things to best know how to react and coach them through and talk them through what's going on. And I think behavioral finance and kind of the study of emotions in the financial industry is certainly a, an area that's evolving and more research is continuing to be done there. Yeah, I know when we talked about the CFP or other alternatives, I know you, you kind of weighed between the CFP and maybe doing something in behavioral finance and focusing on that and maybe that'll be the next program. Yeah, that might be next. Because <laughs> <laughs> I find that really interesting too. Obviously, I, I always joke, but it's true. You know, we all should have taken more psychology than accounting and finance probably when we, if we were to go back to school. Yes, definitely. There's a lot of underlying bias and emotional attachment and emotions behind a lot of the things that clients are telling us and really long-term being able to understand that helps to work in the best manner for that client. So beyond business, um, I think it's super impressive that uh, when you talk to your peers, you know, a couple years out of school, you know, you've went to a new town, you've bought a house and you got married during COVID. So, you know, talk a little bit about your personal life, if you don't mind, um, and how things have gone in terms of leaving school, getting acclimated, you know, having a life, growing a career. Yeah, definitely. Kind of going back to that transition period, I think it was definitely a different and harder transition than I expected going from pretty much complete flexibility in the day to having more of a schedule of I need to be here for <laughs> X number of hours in some form and I have responsibilities that don't kind of just disappear at the end of a semester or the end of a year. Um, so I think the transition period was definitely a little bit harder than I expected it to be, um, but definitely was a good growing experience. And then, you know, over time, you know, have gotten to meet people in the area. Uh, I've gotten involved with my church and that's really where I found a bunch of friends that I'm still in touch with and hang out with regularly and will be longer term friends too. And so I think that's been an important area for me where I, once I was able to dig into friendships and really have community here, that really helped with just kind of adjusting and feeling at home and settled in. Um, and then through all of that, uh, continuing to date my now wife mm -hmm. and then getting engaged and then married last summer during COVID was certainly an experience and a lot of curveballs at us. Um, 
from when we started planning in early January of last year. And then March, everything was up in the air. Um, but we were really happy with how everything turned out and the family ceremony that we were able to have. And then uh, bought a house in that time too. So the joys of home ownership and home repairs and upgrades and everything that Trips goes along to Home with Depot that. and all that. <laughs> yes. Uh, snow shoveling this year, uh, chose the wrong year to buy a house to have to shovel <laughs> all that snow. Exactly. Um, but luckily it's all melted now. So if you were talking to uh, Justin two years ago, or if you're, if, if uh, someone's listening who may be getting out of school and starting a career, do you have a couple tips that you want to give them as far as financial tips, personal tips, living tips? Yeah. I think number one would be, get involved, get to know people wherever you are. Um, that just makes life better and more enjoyable and kind of prevents you from just diving and putting all of your effort and energy into work completely and becoming sort of a workaholic in a sense. I see some friends who kind of have taken jobs that it's just all work and not too much life outside of that. Um, financially, you know, I had a professor in college who did a class on personal finance as part of a broader finance class. And really the importance of saving early and the compounding effect of that over time and just how saving a little bit now can amount to a large amount later is really important to not, you know, come into a new job and all of a sudden have a salary, which means there's money to spend and to go out and spend it all that saving it and investing in yourself for the long term is important as well. Yeah. And I think that's a key takeaway for listeners who are you know, in your peer group or even five, 10 years out of school, because we, like, like I said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm older. So a lot of my clients are maybe on the business succession plan side of it, or their kids are out of school. But I'm also, you know, as a firm, we work with a lot of their kids and their grandkids. And I see a lot of that where they're really just looking for information, support, help, direction, I should say, like, you know, what should I be doing with my 401k or my health? So, you know, for listeners out there, um, that's why we have Justin. That's why we're investing in the next generation and their education so that we can provide continuing service as a team, depending on regardless of whatever your needs are. So um, I couldn't be happier that you're here, Justin, seriously. And um, you're a critical part of the team. And so I just want to make sure all the, the listeners out there heard and meet, met you and got to know you a little bit. Yes, yeah, certainly. And, you know, I, I do really enjoy working with that younger kind of peer group almost. And a lot of it is more just educational and helping understand and teach what these different options are. What's the difference between a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k? Um, and it's a lot of learning at those younger years and getting used to the real world after college and understanding, you know, adult things. Yeah, no, I, I do think that one of the changes now versus maybe when I first started in the business is that there is more of an emphasis, which emphasis, which I think is amazing and great on education. And, you know, there's, there's almost too much information out there. There's an information overload. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're, um, we're having Justin, uh, help us with a lot of thought leadership, a lot of content for blogs, white papers, things like that. So if you're out there, you know, go to our website, Hightower Great Lakes, and check it out because um, you'll see a lot of information, additional bio information about Justin, about our team. But um, again, we couldn't be happier that you're here and grateful. And um, I'm glad everyone got to meet you today. Yeah, glad to be here and glad to be a part of the team. Awesome. Guys, this was a fantastic conversation. I, I just want to say that what I heard as really kind of the theme or what I took away from this, Justin, is that 
you do you did something and you continue to do something that Tim has talked a lot about on this podcast, which is you built a very solid foundation, not only educationally but socially. You're talking about you know what you're doing socially, which I think is great advice, especially now. Uh, you, you're building that foundation, that bedrock of what you can build an entire life on. And I think that that's what people miss a lot of times. So you talked about saving a little bit of time here and there um, for your future. That's, again, that beautiful foundation. And I know that the focus of the podcast is finance, and that's what Tim is is teaching uh, throughout all these podcasts. But Tim, I think that's what I took away is obviously you picked the right guy, right? Because you got somebody who understands the foundation is one of the most important things you can do. Yeah, I mean, we got lucky. So, I mean, seriously, um, we're very, very fortunate. We're very grateful. Yeah, but Justin's an incredible part of the team, and he's the future. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for your time today. You were a fantastic guest, man. Thanks, Eric. You bet. And Tim, of course, thank you for bringing him on, and thank you for getting lucky. Oh, you bet. And if anyone wants to reach out to Justin, Justin, want to give us your contact information? Yeah, so you can reach me at jmccurdy at hightoweradvisors.com or my direct line is 219-476-3035. Perfect. Absolutely. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 